Hey, this is Isaiah Smallman, and you're listening to episode 11 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Today, we jump into locations, and there's a lot to cover, so we decided to split it into two parts. I Guess We'll Do It That Way is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 11, part one. good i'm good beautiful beautiful are you in your basement i'm in i am in the basement the scary ass basement it's getting more it's getting scarier every single day oh boy what are you doing piling up dead animals cluttered nah not yet but it just gets cluttered and like it's a pain Mm -hmm. looks scary i got a lot of antique tools that look Mm -hmm. very intimidating like some uh, calipers. I got calipers. I got all kinds of saws. I got all kinds of shit. Sounds helpful. <laughs> it can be under the right circumstances. <laughs> Somebody gave me a box full of antique tools, mm. and they actually do come in uh, come in handy. You know. Well, give me an example of an antique tool. Just like you know, like some old wrenches and stuff mm-hmm. that were like made in America sixty mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Are they better? Uh, sort yeah, definitely. I mean, they last forever. They've last sixty years. You get a tool now; it's gonna. Are last they made like of years. solid gold? <laughs> Not gold. Um, a wrench made was, of solid gold sounds very ineffective. I went through my Instagram the other day and I saw a post that I had put up <clears> like year, like six years ago, mm-hmm. and it was an ad uh, for I think it was MC Hammer. It was an Instagram ad or some online ad, and it was him holding a solid gold hammer trying to sell people gold coins. What? Yeah. Lincoln I mean, I guess notes. they just offered him some gold and were like, sell some gold. And he was like, but gold, yeah, whatever. Gold is super malleable. It would be mm-hmm. the worst hammer. Oh, you're right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, it totally would be. Unless, I'm trying to think, you could, no. You could I was gonna say you could do alloy, like a gold plated, yeah, like a gold, sure. like a gold plated with like steel underneath. But then I sure. feel like you would still probably knock the gold off of the outside yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. But you could make like you know you look at like uh, like white gold, different types of gold. They're just it's gold with copper or mm. zinc or some other thing in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, because if you had a solid gold ring, if you had a hundred percent gold ring, it would, you know, you'd hit it on the table and it would dent. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of ring I want. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Many, many, John, many don't times tell me what year, kind of ring I want. Guys have to get rings cut off their fingers. I know it happens. It ha- because here's the thing: people are like, "Oh, it's not going to get caught on anything." It's like, dude, your hand swells up. That's a thing that happens. I've heard of that. I heard a guy about a guy actually I used to work with who got it smashed in between like some machinery. You know, mm-hmm. the machinery dropped onto his hand flat. And crushed the gold, his gold ring around his finger like a clamp, you know. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, they had to saw it. And of course, too, the finger blows up around it because it's swollen. It's right. horrifying. Exactly. So people get titanium rings. That that very same guy later went and got a titanium ring. That's so dumb, though, because titanium is actually more dangerous because they can't cut it off. So then they I have would to amputate your could, finger. Right? No, there's, <laughs> no. like, I've actually... No, 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 I'm telling you, there's, like... Certain, oh, this is real. Like, 
tungsten and titanium rings are ill-advised because instead of being malleable, they actually can't, they could cut it, but I think it's an issue of like whatever saw they would need to cut through the titanium or the tungsten or whatever these metals are would create too much. I don't know. Like maybe it creates too much heat. Maybe they just can't fit it into small enough space, but either way it's like, they can't just like bolt cut it. You know, they have to like do a process that ultimately I, I that, that that's actually what I originally thought you were talking about is, mm. is not people's rings being smushed on them, but rather mm. rings that their hand swells up and they have to cut the finger off. I see. I see. Yeah, I'm we'll sure find out if that's true, too. but I, I feel like it's happened. I feel like that's the other thing. Like, that's why people wear, like, rubber. You know, a lot of people are in a CrossFit, mm. or my friends who are pilots, it's the same way. They all have to wear breakaway rings because they don't want they, – they can't wear super hard alloys because they can't cut them off. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe prevent- someone can write in and correct me because I'm probably wrong. No, I think you're totally right because there's another thing that happens with rings. It's called de- degloving. Where uh, hmm. you're, if the ring gets caught on something, it it can rip the skin right off the finger. You know, degloving mm. they call it. Um, so yeah, rubber ring actually makes a lot of sense, or a tattoo ring if you're a hillbilly. I think I'm gonna go with uh, a ring made of human hair. Ooh, braided human. I actually am in the market for a ring because I don't know where my wedding ring is. No, why'd you yeah. take it off? Well, I take it off when I exercise, and. Right. I don't know where it went. I exercise at home. I have it's somewhere in the house. <laughs> it's somewhere here, but it's gone. It's this total, is I have been looking of, for almost a week. It's the opposite of hiding the engagement ring, like at the bottom of a thing of ice cream, you know, mm-hmm. for your future spouse. Mm-hmm. Maybe your spouse is trying to tell you something. They swipe the ring, and in a week, you're going to find out it's Ooh, over. Ooh, she's going to serve me some papers. Yikes! Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, let's ask her. Kelly, she said, uh, She said, I'll just have to wait and see. She just drew one finger across her neck. <laughs> this is really going to dampen the mood of the podcast. I know. Well, you know, as we've said, conflict is going to lead to a better show. Mm. You know? And uh, I think everyone is looking forward to me sabotaging my career out of grief mm. over my failed marriage. I think that's oh. going to make for a really good show. Hmm. My marriage is fine, by the way. Just for everyone oh, who's God. wondering, we're in good shape. <laughs> we're in good. We've got at least another six months of good times left in us. Oh, uh, just kidding, John. I think um, this week, this week, John. Welcome to. I guess we'll do it that way. Welcome. Episode 11. We're really racking them up here, John. We are. We're om- one more episode, and we'll be four times more episodes than I thought we could do. That's a, that's going to be a big milestone. It's crazy. It's amazing. Look how far we've come. I know. Eventually, we'll probably stop talking about how far we've come for about 40 <laughs> episodes. And then at, a, like, episode 100... We'll start talking about how far we've come again, right? You know, yeah, exactly. It's like a kid's age. You know, you, your age doubles many times when mm-hmm. you're young, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen again. Right. We're going to mention years. it once at episode 100, and then we won't probably won't mention it again until episode 200. But we've mentioned it 10 times in 11 episodes so far. <laughs> I want to get people involved. There's a playmaking site like a. 
an odds. I don't even know what it's called. I've never mm-hmm. looked at it, but I've heard about it. An odd, like a betting site, you know, where you mm-hmm. can basically put bets on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read about it recently because of the the anonymous op-ed that was posted in the New York Times. Right, right. They were tr- this company, whatever it is, this online betting company had odds for who was the oh, leaker. Oh wow! And uh, you know the odds were who's think, the most favored. The one that came up was Mike Pence because mm-hmm. of the some of the wording in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the favorite odds were John Brennan, mm-hmm. but I don't, who knows? Anyway, but um, yeah, so we should put odds on that site Ooh. for whether or not we'll make it to a hundred episodes. I would I like definitely that. bet against. I'd bet against it. I would okay. buy a put on that. I think I will bet for it. It depends on the odds. Obviously, are we talking two to one? Like who? I, I think right. the chances of us getting to a hundred. I think the odds are in your favor, John, in terms of winnings, you know? So yeah, yeah I, I think you're going uh, to, but it's let, a Pete let, Rose type situation because if I put a ton of money down and I quit on purpose on episode 99, I win. That's why you're not allowed to bet on yourself. Usually. Well, well, the scam uh, won't work. And, well, other people can bet people who have less control. And, and you know what, if you funnel some money through them, that's fine, but you better believe John, when episode 99 comes around, I'm expecting you to give it your all. To deliver the goods, huh? Yeah. So I think this episode, hey, guys, don't expect hey. a lot of jokes. Don't expect it to be funny because you know what? We're going to give you what you want. We're going to talk about locations. We're going to mm. talk. This is going to be, John, this is going to be the most boring, nitty-gritty process episode we've ever done. It's going to be tear. People are going to be weeping out of boredom pretty soon. We because I'm just this. gonna, we're just gonna talk so much business. It's gonna be great. I'm just gonna start this episode now. Just I'm gonna restart it right now. Zay, okay. hmm. Mr. Smallman, tell hmm. me about your process. Ooh, yeah. Let's do like a full-on kind of Terry Gross style interview. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. John. So you're gonna be Terry Gross. I will be. I want to be someone else, though. You get to be Ooh. Terry Gross, so I got to be somebody else. No jokes. No jokes. No jokes. Serious. No, no, no. It's I'm being serious. serious. Okay. Pause real quick just to tell you mm. and, and our listening audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our listening audience. So there's Speaking no real of, pause so, happening here. No, no, no. Well, it's a pause from whatever we were talking about. You, See, know when, you know when, John, you usually say, like, oh, this is a sidebar. Like, cut this out. I never cut it out. You do realize that, right? I wouldn't know, but yeah, I assume. (laughs) I heard John has listened to fewer of our episodes than 100% of our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I hear it as it comes out of my voice, out of my my vocal boxes, and I hear you in my ear. Mm. Um, But I I heard last night that Charlie Rose disgraced former NPR. What was he on CBS also? I think, uh, yeah. Uh, Charlie Rose is going. Does he meet the press? No, he's not. That was uh, Russert and then Russert's mm. kid. I don't know. That's embarrassing. I should know that. Um, but uh, Charlie, oh, Rose Charlie Rose is Rose. gonna. Yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna have a new show. <laughs> he's gonna have a new show. Oh. And you know the reason he doesn't have a show right now is because he was caught up in the Me Too scandal. Mm-hmm. Right. But his new show take a while. It's gonna be an interview show, but he's gonna interview one very specific type of person. Try to guess what his guests will have in common hmm fascists close they're oh. all people he's going to interview or he, he's been floating they're all this people idea. wow they are 
That's they are a people unique take, Charlie. Th- more specifically, I'm going to interview humans. They're people that have something in common with him. They're all he wants to do a show oh. where he interviews all the men who got caught up in the Me Too scandal. What do we need that? Oh, wait, you're what? It's like Goebbels, like after World War II, like I, I want to do a show where I interview all the Nazis, like. Dude, <laughs> and I'm gonna you're sell not adver- coming. I'm going to sell advertising. It is <laughs> support myself by exploiting the stories of people who were exploited by people, but I'm not actually going to tell the side of the story on the people who were exploited. I'm going to give the voice to the people who did the abuse. Like, where do you start? Why not, you- why not do a show where he's interviewing people who were caught up and the accusations who actually because, like, were wronged, you know, right. give them well, a freaking platform. That would be a part of it. But the the thing that I mean, it's nuts. It's like giving like Charlie Manson like a show where he interviews other murderers. Like it's mm-hmm. nuts. It's like, hey, he Ted Bundy, why don't you have a show and just talk to all the families of the people whose you you know whose daughters you killed? That would be also. Great. Maybe you're not the best person to right. do any of this. Right. Maybe executive Chuck. producer or something. Like get some actual. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds so. It's like, oh, we're real, we're we're, we're real fuck ups, huh? Uh, that's gonna be every. Yeah. That's gonna be every episode. Yeah. Oh, you're really I mean, fucked up, John. Well, you also. Where do you start that interview? You can't start it. Matt, Matt, before, tell like, me about the button under your desk. Right. Is it as you bad as everyone it, says. You can't start it there. You got to start it way after, and it's like, tell me how you felt when you first found out you were being accused. Like, what? No, man. It's like, tell me how you felt when that woman was trying to escape your office and you locked her in. How did that feel? What was going through your head? What do you think she was feeling at the time? Do you regret it? This sounds like the worst show in the history of shows. It's bizarre. Now, it's not officially happening, but he has been floating it. Um, What an idiot. I hope it tanks. Yeah, let's just hope it floats out to sea. Yeah. Um, so as we were saying, John, you're going to be Terry Gross. I'm going to be, um, I'll, I'll be myself. Fine. I also just want to say that I'm, we're, I'm going to institute a little drinking game that goes along with this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the rules? Basically, you know, like ordinarily a drinking game is like every time, uh, Obama says hope or change during the speech, you take Mm -hmm. a shot. Mm -hmm. Every time Trump tweets sad, you take a shot or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, every time I derail the conversation, mm. ladies and gentlemen out there, take a shot. Ooh. Okay. If you're counting, I think we're up to six. Well, and that means by the end of this show, we can say whatever we want because everyone's <laughs> going to be blacked out. That's right. I um, assume that anyway. I have actually... Okay, so let's get back into locations. Mm. Locations... Okay, back to so what's funny? The first time we were supposed to talk about locations has happened, and then this, this is happening again. Yesterday, mm-hmm. they turned our street into a big uh, a big set again, which was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was even more exciting because they, I was I walked out in the morning, and you know, like four different streets were closed down, and there were all these you know, it, it's crazy these these big TV shows and these movies. There's so many trucks. There's so many people. I mean, we're talking 10 to 15 semis just to, like, support this production. One second. Hey, Olive. Olive, we're trying to record here, honey bun. Got some stuff going on. 
That squirrel's not coming inside. Thank you. Um, they, they, there's so many trucks, and it's super cool. But so yesterday it was interesting because, the, you know, there's this motel that's right next to my house. Sure. And um, they built – there's this kind of weird-looking greenish-yellow gate around the whole thing, like a wrought iron gate that's painted. Yeah. And the, the, the set was this BMW – that was sort of propped up on all these bricks and rocks and it was like looked like it had crashed and then they built a fence that looked identical to the one that was outside the motel they built a section of the fence and crumpled it they bent it around the front of the car so that it would look like the car pulled up and crashed into the gate and like mm-hmm. knocked over a wall and the wall was like crumbled un- under the car it was actually kind of cool and uh, they had like, you know, ambulance and fire trucks all part of the scene, and you know they kept rolling, and it was kind of interesting. What movie are they making? No clue. What? It's probably some. It's probably like NCIS or some TV show, you know. Oh, word. well, I picture that you would walk out there and be like, director coming through, and start asking questions, you know, and getting in the, like, no, 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 no. The, the 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 color on that fence is all wrong, people. Sundance attendee coming through. Yeah. <laughs> That's my biggest accolade at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Sundance attendee. Have you? Oh, man. John, I have so many ideas for T-shirts that we eventually need to make. For instance, Mm. I almost died at Sundance would be kind of a good one. And then there could be, even though I don't even wear wordly T-shirts, I just, Mm. I never do that. But you know what? Who cares? Uh, there's an, there's another one that I kind of want to do that has, uh, Teddy Bronson lives, you know, mm. cause we've been getting some questions. I think there are some believers and there are some doubters about whether or not Teddy Bronson, Teddy, we love you. Let's do a Teddy salute. I mean, the only way you could doubt that Teddy Bronson exists is if you've never been to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It's the only Wait, way. I mean, I'm agreeing with been, you, and now I'm realizing I don't actually know what you're saying. Well, if you've been to Wisconsin, you know Teddy Bronson exists. Mm-hmm. You just do. The name, mm-hmm. the bratwurst, the mustache, mm-hmm. all His that His kids, stuff. his beautiful little blonde kids. Everything. Yeah. You know it's real. Did you hear they're thinking about adopting? A Pomeranian? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. How'd you know? I I, <laughs> I thought you were gonna think I was gonna say adopting a kid, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna get John on this one. You you really, you really nailed I keep that. In you touch. must know Teddy well. Yeah, I keep in touch. Right. But anyway, um, so locations though, locations, Terry, what do you want to know about locations? Oh, jeez. <sighs> Well, is that still even a thing? I mean, in movies. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we watched... Um, what's that movie called? With uh, Thor and... Oh, Infinity Thor Ragnarok. War. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Which is not necessarily appropriate for little kids. Mm-hmm. I... In the sense that it's kind of scary. John, let's make a running tally of all the jokes that you should not have shown... I mean, all the movies that you should not have shown your kids. Infinity well, one War. One of them, yeah, one of them, it was fine. The other one, eh. Yeah. 
you know, no lasting damage. It's not that bad, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was not probably not the smartest movie to mm-hmm. show him. But because the whole pl- you know the plot spoiler alert is a guy's trying to wipe out half of the population of Earth. Mm-hmm. Why only or, half? Sorry, uh, be- it's like a resource thing. Mm. Oh, he's trying to kind of reset. Got it. Yeah, he looked around and he realized he's sort of a benevolent bad guy in mm-hmm. the sense that he looked around and he saw that there's double the amount of people for the resources that the universe has. So he decide or he finds a way to kill half of all people by snapping his fingers and they disappear. Mm. Um, and he, yeah, you know, whatever, see the movie. But mm-hmm. that concept uh, sort of scared the shit out of one of my kids. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, but, but you were saying somebody... locations, yeah. Right, right. Well, uh, read that movie and killing half the population. Why couldn't he just snap his finger and double the amount of shit in the universe, mm-hmm. resources-wise? Uh, yeah, so in that movie, to like sort of placate my kids after, or one of them, I showed him, we've talked about this before and I did it again, but I showed him how sad uh, it actually is to make a movie because you're mm. basically in a green warehouse. Mm-hmm in like Santa Monica with right. one with one real car there and just like 16 uh 500 foot green sheets everywhere mm-hmm. and a guy like at four people on cables and it looks boring and sad yeah. and I um, think it is pretty boring <laughs> so but they I mean they do go through and they shoot the city you know mm-hmm. if it takes place in New York they'll go through and they'll shoot stuff in the city plates yeah just not with the p- actual actors in it so it's like the movie business has changed dramatically but you're still in that um world where you probably do you're not shooting on sets right Mm -mm. no i mean it um with rollers it's actually it has crossed my mind to basically build a set you know just do it all green screen (laughs) well not green screen but like a lot of stuff is not green screen but it's still a set so if you watch like a TV show, you know, or, um, you, you know, if you watch like the special features for the force awakens, mm-hmm, you remember right. that big scene with all the, the, the snowy trees. Yeah. That is an interesting kind of combo of the two, which is it was built in Pinewood studios, probably in London, I think. And, mm. Just these huge, 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 huge warehouses. But then they actually bring in some real trees and they have scenic painters who paint the backgrounds. And there's really an art to to that. One of my favorite examples of creating what I think is an incredibly realistic vibe in an artificial environment is a, is a film called Black Narcissus. Have you ever seen that? No. Um, I'm going to look up what year it came out. It's... It's set in like these crazy Himalayan mountains in a in a a, a nunnery, and mm. it's like set on this crazy cliff and all this kind of stuff. It was made in 1947, so they had no computer or anything. You know, it was completely analog, and they all they had was sets. And it seriously looks it sets and and painted stuff. You know, and it really really convinces you that they're like hanging off the side of a cliff. It's pretty incredible. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's its own art. But yeah, I mean, with movies our size, it's much more location-based because building sets is, is time-consuming and you got to buy the materials and, and making them look real is very time-consuming. You know, you can put, you can throw up a couple walls, but it's just not going to look real, you know? 
But the problem is, or a potential problem, right, is that the set is a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. So the that light, is why people like it. Yeah. Right. The light's always the same. The there's no background noise. The light. Et yeah. Cetera, et cetera. It, there's everything. There's parking. There's holding areas. <clears> there's um. Y- you know, you can build five sets in the same studio, so you don't have to truck everything all over the place. Like everything is already there. But on location, it's just different. You know, I mean, especially if you're outside, shooting outdoor stuff inside is really tough and so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it just depends on the budget i you know in terms of build, rollers could end up in a in a funny situation where it could almost be like building a set where we may find a warehouse per or something of that nature that isn't really a concert venue but we make it into a concert venue you know maybe we build a stage and we kind of build a little bar and i've actually built you know we shot a music video back in the day and we basically took uh did you ever go to discoteca in chattanooga no yes i don't know it's an old bar that was on main street anyway they they closed it down and we were shooting this music video that needed to take place in a bar but the whole bar basically needed to get destroyed and Mm. so we kind of built a set and it was actually really fun i mean it was very rudimentary but we built a bar we built you know everything and um it was super fun and i I could, I could see us ending up in a somewhat similar situation with rollers. Ideally, though, I'd like to find, you know, the perfect existing place that I can then kind of make my own. You know, How's the something that has that some going, character. Are you allowed to say? Yeah, no, the, I can talk a lot about locations. Um, the search is going well. I mean, basically, so the the story is there's this one venue that I really like. That's this cool historic venue from the 1920s. Um, I won't say the name necessarily, but I can go into, you know, other details just because I don't know if it'll happen there. Sure. As you'll see. But um, there's this really cool old venue. It used to be this Masonic Temple Lodge. And now it's. Yeah, exactly. And now it's uh, because there's only one of those. And now it's a um, now it's a concert venue. But Mm. it's this really cool old brick building in in a cool neighborhood and. I just love it because it feels super different. You know, there's big wood paneling on the walls and they've painted the ceiling really nice and the stage is beautiful and there's just ornate fixtures everywhere and it just feels, and then if we kind of dirty the whole thing up, I just think it would feel really cool. But the problem is most of these places are functioning businesses and so you got to shut them down and... Or you have to work around their schedules, and, and that's fine. You know, With a concert venue, it's actually really easy to book these places for commercials and for single scenes because maybe you need them for one or two days. And so you're like, well, whatever. We'll just figure out when you don't have shows going on. But in this case, we kind of need to camp out for – you know, it's a 20-day shoot right now. That may change. Um, we're probably going to be there in that location for you know, 16, 17 of those 20 days. Right. And so we really need to find something that we can kind of take over. Now, that's not like just shooting on the stage. That's the hallways and the green room. And there's a little apartment that Rufus lives in that's kind of right next to, you know, the, that's part of the venue. And there's the alleyways out back and the hallways between areas. And that, that we're shooting in all of those places. But that also is part of why kind of finding the perfect place is so important. How much, let's say you get this place, right? Let's say it works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. How and I'm sure it's you know um, it depends obviously on right. each situ- situation, but 
how much would you do to the interior to change it? I mean, if you're in there for 20 days, are they going to let you like paint walls and stuff like this? Is this a conversation that you're having or? Well, in this case, part of the reason I like it is because I don't think I'd really need to do much at all. I think we would decorate it. You know, we would add some things, but I don't think it, 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 it's, it hasn't been shot in movie. It's been used in some commercials and music videos, but um, I, I like it the way it is. You know, it feels like rollers kind of as it is. It just needs to be a little dirtier, a little dingier. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's part of what the that's part of what production designers do, actually, is they to give one very specific example, you know, Hunter Gather, which was the first movie we produced, was super different than Rollers in the sense that basically it took place all over South Central L.A. And so we were constantly moving constantly looking for new places there was actually one situation where you know we had a doctor's office for example and the doctor's office fell through at the last minute and so we had one day to find a doctor's office so we were we were on foot just kind of hiking all over you know not just on foot we were driving but i was like finding medical parks basically and just knocking on because we had one day and i was just finding doctor's offices and knocking on the door and being like hey um would you mind, uh, we can do this, this is a Saturday, but do you mind if we give you like 500 bucks and you clear out for the day? And most of them were like, mm, no. Uh, in that case, you know, you run into interesting issues. In that case, it wasn't so much that they didn't want to shut the business down. They were like, no, I have medical records everywhere. This is a HIPAA issue and I don't really feel like cleaning up. So, sorry. Sure. Um, that makes total sense. Wh- it makes total wh- sense, but that's like, we, I wasn't thinking about that beforehand. I mean, it's it's weird because every location has its own issues, you know? Um, like the motel, I heard out my window yesterday, actually, I heard, you know, like the unit production manager or somebody like that kind of talking to someone else because they needed a room in the motel that was supposed to have been vacated, but the tenant wouldn't leave. And so it's like, you know, issues like that where you just don't expect that to be be part of movie making but it's actually a huge part of it well when you finally did get an okay assuming that you did you finally the got doctor's the okay office to, you got the okay somewhere right yeah yeah so i found this podiatrist's office and that was actually kind of a funny story so i walk in you know it, it's just this classic it looks like it hasn't been touched since 1973 and it, it was kind of perfect and i started talking to the guy and i was like you know want to do this and he he sometimes people you know in LA it's a little different sometimes it's easier other places but in LA you know a lot of people are tired of the movie thing you know they get it they don't give a crap um it's not novel to them that you're going to shoot a movie in their office they're just inconvenienced um and so I was talking to him and just kind of explained the situation and he was sort of into it but he was like well I don't want to come in tomorrow but someone's going to have to be here and I was like, okay, well, what if we throw in an extra hundred bucks to pay, you know, to pay an assistant or something? This sounds and like then, a thriving podiatry office. He's like, ah, <laughs> just cancel. No, 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 no. He wasn't going to be here. You know, that's that's why it worked out because he was like, I'm I'm not going to come in tomorrow. I'm only open on weekdays. Sure. And okay. so he he but he was saying he didn't want to he didn't want to come in. It wasn't worth it to him. But then you know we got into this kind of funny situation where. He was he he was kind of like all right. Let me talk to so and so. I think her name was Maria. I don't know why I remember that, but I think her name was Maria. And he was like, "Hey Maria, you want to come in tomorrow for a hundred bucks?" And she was like, uh, "I don't know, not really." And I was like, "What? I'll make it one fifty. And he was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. What are you doing?" <laughs> it was <laughs> he like pulled me mm. aside. He's like he was like 
no, 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 no. He's like, you're not offering her more money. He's like, I'll take the 150, but she's getting 100. Jeez, <laughs> like, this guy's and a I was, real punk. I know, he was kind of kind of crazy. And then um, I was Did like, he right, whatever. to like, see your feet? Oh, yeah, no, that's where we, yeah, I, I pretended, I got into the office by scheduling an appointment, yeah. You asked to look at your bunions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave me a foot massage, like a, a medical foot massage. This guy sounds pretty shady. He was not the worst guy. I think he just didn't want, I don't know what his deal was. Anyway, he let us do it, and oh my gosh, his office was amazing. I mean, literally three foot high piles of paper. I'm not exaggerating, on his desk. Just so disorganized, everywhere. So you're telling me he didn't give a rip about the HIPAA laws? I kind of don't think so. I think that's technically why he needed a nurse there. Because or a tech, because I think he technically needed to make sure that we weren't like snooping around. But yeah, he he didn't seem super worried about it. Be it's funny feet. if you yeah if you yeah, open yeah, the yeah, records and not... all was like yeah the ankle bones connected to the foot bone whatever. Like it's not that complicated. What's going to be in there? Yeah, exactly. John Smith yeah had a bunion sanded yeah, big down, deal or however that works. Although I feel um, like this is a Seinfeld type scenario, you know, with pimple popper MD. <laughs> it was something like that the, the the point is the doctor's office worked out but there there are surprising issues like that i mean especially if you want to shoot in people's houses you know but the so the the basic gist is there are people who do locations that's their whole thing they know a ton of people they keep in tabs they go and they find cool looking places and they negotiate with the owners and basically say let me represent you and negotiate in your behalf and you give me your availability and I will try to find people to come in and use your space when you don't need it. This already exists. What are these guys called? Uh, there's different lo- location manager kind of, but the mm. problem is that the, the, they're, they're typical brokers. They're not bad people, but they're brokers and right. you don't want to use a broker if you can help it. And especially sure. in this case, because a lot of, uh, especially in the case of like an indie movie, here's the thing. If you're shooting a commercial, and you've got some big business, you're going to pay a t- – I, I mean, I have no clue. They probably had to pay uh, tens of thousands of dollars at least to shut down the motel yesterday and shut down – you know, city permits to shut down three streets, have all these cars parked, all these trucks, you know, t- tens of thousands of dollars in location fees and all that kind of stuff. And typically what happens – you know, so one thing that's nice about rollers is typically, you know, say you rent a place, you also have to rent a parking lot. Because you've got 35 people plus a bunch of other supplementary folks and 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 cars and grip trucks and everything, so you got to rent a parking lot, and then you got to rent if if the, if it's a little house, for instance, you know a lot of hunter gatherer was shot in these little houses in South Central. Well, then you got to you got to rent another house. You got to rent the house next door because people got to hang out when they're not on set. You know they got to eat, and uh, they got to. You know, you got again, you got to park trucks, you got to have like a place for makeup, you know, so this is all kind of generally called base camp. And then ideally base camp is super close to where you're shooting. And but that's one nice thing about rollers is that my hope is that we find the perfect place that has a parking lot for 200 people, you know, and it has mm-hmm. um, it has an area that we can use for makeup and it has a, a place where you can just leave tables set up to eat and. Um, you know, I want it to all kind of actually function the way that it is going to function in the movie, which yeah, is kind wanna... of a rare situation. You know, it's hard to find things that work that way. I don't mean this in a pejorative way, just in a realistic way, but like, you're not going to have 35 
cars and trucks there, you're going to have like two Ford Focuses and the lunch table is going to be like Quiznos subs, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, I, I've, I think probably between actors, I mean, on a big day when we've got 150 extras, you know, because there's a couple big crowd scenes, there will be, you know, potentially a couple hundred extras depending on what size venue we, we settle on. And then we're going to need extra staff to help manage all those people. But on like a given day between producer, you know, producers down and like cast and everybody, all, all crew positions, everything, there's probably going to be 35 so or so people mm. every day. Uh, and, and then we're going to have, you know, like a camera cr- truck, you know, cause like the camera crew, like they're going to have a whole bunch of crap that they got to keep organized. And, um, yeah, so we'll have quite a, it'll be a bit of an operation. Mm. Um, and, and you got to feed those people twice a day. Right. Technically, food actually is kind of lumped in with locations a lot of times because you have what's called craft services. And I forget the origin of craft. I think it's because the craftsmen, you know, they would feed the craftsmen working. Uh, but I'm not sure. But basically, the idea of craft services right. is it's like, yeah, it's just food that you just eat. You know, it's like snacks and, and nibbles. And then um, breakfast is, is usually not included. You know, we typically will do like a 12-hour day. Um, breakfast is starts technically half an hour usually before call. And so you're not getting paid for breakfast, but a lot of times we'll provide it if you want to come early and eat it. And then lunch is always included. And then usually you're going to have some sort of walking meal at the end where – if you're going late, you got to feed everybody. But if you're, you know, you you, you kind of want to give somebody something to go home with, but you don't usually have to. It depends on which unions you're doing and how long your days are, and it gets starts to get complicated. Yeah, I think maybe the most important question, the one that nearly everyone listening has on their minds right now, is how exactly you said there's going to be a couple hundred extras or maybe a hundred extras. How would a half Greek thirty something year old man get uh, an extra part? Ask. <laughs> Do you know anyone involved in the film rollers that I could ask? Um. Ooh. Can you give me the name of that casting director? If you want to ask, well, you could submit a request to me, and I could start kind of circulating it around. All right, I'll think about it. No, I get it. You want to be discovered. <laughs> So, speaking of being discovered, John, I uh, do you mean to play? I've been working on a song. You mean to play it for you? Yeah, that you wrote. No, I don't really write songs. Yeah, play it for me. I write movies, bro. Let's hear it. Would you let's play see, that? Let's what see you... if you um, let's see if you recognize it, and then you'll be the judge of whether or not we actually release it. How about that? I'm ready. Child of living bought them for you Graceless lady You know who I am You know I won't let you Slide through my hand 
I'd like to apologize to Keith Richards and Mick Jagger for butchering that song. I knew it instantly, though. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah, that was good. We'll, we'll, we'll keep doing little, you know, we can keep doing little check-ins, because uh, by the time the movie comes out, maybe I'll actually be able to get through a whole song without fucking it up. How long have you been playing guitar? A little over a year, but I kind of took a big break in the middle because we were moving, and I just couldn't play, really, you know? Mm. Anyway, yeah. I'm new. I'm a That's, newbie. I think it's pretty I'm good. a newbie. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring it out. Anyway, well, thanks for it's listening. It's so much harder to pick stuff up when you're older. Dude, it really is. It's so hard. And I just took so many years off of playing music. You know, I used to play other stuff. But uh, here, I'll give you a little taste. I'll give you a tiny little taste of another thing I'm working on. Hit me. Let me tell me if you know what this is. Oh, I already know it. I already know it. That's some advanced shit right there. Uh, love it, love Led Zepp. Gosh, I'm I'm Jimmy Page, man. I loved him already, and now that I'm trying to play his shit, I'm like, I can't even oh, play this. And you probably played it different every single time, and you wrote it in the first place. Where Dude, did it come from? I saw him in, uh, in concert in Philly. Mm. Back in the day, Jimmy Page and the Black Crows. That's the guy so was like cool, fucking dude. seventy years old, up there shredding dude. his ass off. Unreal. He was so sick. Okay, dude. I love. I'm Jimmy not Page. gonna lie. I yeah. I tried to think of someone that I wanted to see as bad. I would. I couldn't. I would sell my car and live in a van for like an entire year if it meant that mm. I got to go back and see Led Zeppelin like three or four times in their prime. Oh yeah. I mean, can yeah, you? Yeah, Madison Square Garden did imagine? those shows. Oh, so sick! I know. I feel the same way. I, I want to cry I, just thinking about how awesome that would be. Have you ever watched? Speaking of movies, the song remains the same. The Led Zeppelin oh, yeah. live concert. Dude, it's, it's so good. Absolutely shocking. Those guys. Yeah. Every single one of them is is the best, basically, at what they did. Yeah, and they and totally bring something other. totally unique. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, John crazy. Bonham and one. and John Paul Jones, like the the rhythm section, yeah. it's it's the, it's not nearly as flashy as as the as the frontmen, but like those dudes do crazy shit all the time, and it's it Led Zeppelin is nothing without those guys, you know, and and they're Dude. just like part of the puzzle, man. When I was a kid, I was an absolute Led Zeppelin fanatic. Mm-hmm. I still really like them, but I was crazy about them. And I went over to this girl's house who I kind of had a crush on. Her dad, they were like wealthy. Her dad was really cool. He's like a CEO of some company in Jersey. And um, he had John Bonham drumsticks in his house, mm. like signed by him. Wow. And I was like, dude, where did you get these from? And he's like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid for a summer, I was a roadie for Led Zeppelin. Nuh-uh. Like when they were touring up in New York, I guess in the 70s. He was a roadie for them. Whoa. He like hung out with them, met them. Uh, they went and saw John Paul Jones when he came to Philly to like you know say hi to him, and they like remembered him. Whoa. It was sick, dude. It completely blew my mind. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh, he's so cool. Holy the guy that guy actually smokes. died kind of recently. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, he was the coolest. So. All right, John. So here's what I'm thinking. We have not even really come close to covering this whole topic but i think we've got a lot more to talk about so what i'm thinking is we take a little break um we still need to do the mail but oh. i think we should just take a little break and then we'll put out part two this is going to be part one we'll put out part two this coming friday what do you think of that i don't know man that's not going to really work for me you don't think so 
Eh, maybe it will. You like a big, beefy, long episode? No, you know what? I think we could split it up. But we got to have something okay. to tease the end with. So, Well, see, well, yeah, okay, no, totally. I get that. Because the mail, John, this week, yeah. the mail this week is, uh, is, is relating to celebrity sightings. Ooh. And I have a, a, a very exciting celebrity sighting of a, a nude, in the flesh, nude male celebrity who I spotted at a spa. And, was uh, it a mirror? It's someone was that it just a giant all mirror? Of, yeah. <laughs> it's someone that all of you have heard of. Did you see Every Peter Dinklage's one. Peter Dinklage? Well, I'm not going to give that away yet. So you just got to come back Friday. Oh, it's Peter. It's Peter. I didn't say that. Peter's Peter. Uh, but anyway, so if you're good with that, I'm good with that. I think I th- think we should just uh, wrap this bad boy up. Let's do it. Talk to you next right, week. See you guys Friday. Yep, bye. Thanks for tuning in for episode 11 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Join us in just a few days for part two of our conversation about locations. Today's show is produced and edited by Isaiah Smallman, executive producer John Schimpf. Opening song is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Our cover art was designed by Nate Giordano, and this has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. I'm the man from nowhere, feeling the heat of the desert It's your boy!